Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Philosophy Guy. I'm Brendan, your host, creator of the podcast. Um, <laughs> today's, today's episode, quick announcement first. Uh, so I have a podcast started offering this subscription service. I'm currently in the process of setting that up. I want to put my bonus feed on there so people have another avenue to sign up for the bonus feed so they don't have to just sign up for the newsletter option, which sometimes makes the whole audio version more complicated. So people that prefer much more prefer the audio version instead of some written format stuff, uh, that will be a better option. Um, basically everything will be the same on the bonus episodes. You just won't get the written format. Uh, so yeah. And also just a good segue. It's a good way to help support the show. You know, it helps me keep food on the table, pay rent and spend more time on this. Uh, so I really appreciate everyone that does that and kind of enjoy some of my thoughts and the way I think about things and how I'm trying to make stuff that helps me understand the world and sometimes as a struggle and hopefully along the way it helps others. So that's kind of the motivation. But also, another quick segue into that is today's episode is going to be another interview based. I want to start doing interviews much more. I think that'll help grow the the show. Um, also, yeah, I, w- I want to make my more solo stuff written format and maybe in the bonus episode, stuff will still be on here. But also, you know me, with interviews, they're not really interview-based. I don't want to be another interview-based podcast. I bring someone on with like a list of questions. It's going to be very much discussion-based uh, where something I've been researching or thinking about this week, it's going to be a, like a bouncing-off method to have someone else involved and talk about things that I'm interested in um, because, you know, that's why I do this. because <laughs> I want to talk about things I'm interested in as well. Uh, so, yeah. So, but today's guest will be Andrew Murnane. He's a big TikToker, and he also creates all sorts of content. He's a 26-year-old guy who films videos of himself, kind of like I do, and sharing things that have helped him with navigating through worry, fear, anxiety, and life. Uh, he has some great thought-provoking content. He also has a podcast, and I thought it was a great discussion. It was a fun discussion. Um, and we got into things about the self and how how fear influences that, how our beliefs influence our actions in the world, um, how a lot of times we allow fear to lead us into various groups, whether it's religion or other belief systems. Um, yeah, it was great. And how social media kind of influences our sense of self and our persona and how we operate in the world. And also how kind of how we analyze our persona with other people, you know, how that gets, gets us all influenced. So it was a great discussion. I loved it. Um, but yeah, Andrew's, Andrew's great as well. I'm going to link all the stuff below from his TikTok to his Instagram to his podcast. So I think that's enough of my chit chat and introduction. So let's enter the labyrinth. That I say, like, I don't, I don't necessarily think that everything I say, like, I know there's a chance that it's not right. And I'm okay with that. And I think, and we can get into this more. I think I I would love to talk about this more, but I've posted videos that maybe fully contradict each other, but Mm -hmm. I think it's like, there's a situational aspect where like certain things might help you in a certain situation versus certain things might help you in another situation, like thinking about even, even like, you know, some of Dolores Cannon's teachings versus, you know, 
that nothing matters, like full nihilism. And it's like, maybe we did create, you know, we put these struggles into our lives so that we could overcome them. And like, when it comes to thinking about death and like all of that, maybe that helps in certain situations versus nothing matters when I feel like everything matters, like nothing Mm -hmm. matters. There's like a sense of that. And like, yeah. So, so I, I don't know, there's different things that help people in different ways. I don't think it's good to, you know, jump around every single day, Oh, totally. but it's, yeah. it's, I think expressing it as you're learning it and just expressing your truths and, and not just, you know, regurgitating bullshit off of, out of a book. And if it's something that actually helps you and you're able to share it, like at the end of the day, that's all we can really do. And if, if you're doing that, then you're, I don't know expressing your truth no I, I totally agree with that and something i that's something i struggle with too because you made me think of this quote when you brought up like kind of the idea of nothing matters but everything definitely matters and there's like there's, that's like a quote from i forget the instagram handle i'll probably put it down below if i can remember it mm-hmm. but they basically it's this artist that does these like skeleton images but there's always these quotes and one of the quotes i really like is ever or nothing or How's it go? Everything matters, but nothing definitely matters or something, something like contradiction oh. like that. Right. And like, ultimately like nothing ultimately matters maybe. Or... Yeah. They don't put the ultimately in there, but it's okay. like, it's definitely kind of implying that, mm-hmm. but it's that idea of, you know, it's not taking things too seriously, but also you need to, kind of keep some sort of, I would say like cohesion of your, with yourself and like connection with what your thoughts are and how they relate to the world. And you kind of, I think need that feedback of, okay, what do I think matters? But also the, as simultaneously not taking stuff too seriously. So I think there's like a balance within that. And yeah, the, the sweet spot is the <laughs> journey of figuring that out throughout all my life. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I think, I think what's helped me is, and I, I, cause I posted a video that went kind of viral about like how nothing matters. So like figure out some things you enjoy and do more of that is basically the, you know, summarized version of it. And a lot of people were like, well, this matters. Well, that matters. Well, this matters. Well, that matters. And it's like, yeah, those, those things matter to you you know, like your, your family doesn't really matter to me. Like, so Mm -hmm. it's not about, it's not about finding, like, I think if something ultimately mattered period for the entire universe, that would kind of, that would kind of suck. But like, because nothing necessarily ultimately matters or definitely matters, we get to choose what matters most to us. And that's how we get to live our lives. So finding those things that matter to you and focusing on those few things, as opposed to, you know, thinking that everything matters all the time and it matters, you know, what I'm, what shirt I'm wearing, because what if this person doesn't like it? And it's like, you know, you get down that rabbit hole and you're not going to be a very happy person, but by, by finding what matters to you and being able to, you know, stay true to those and allowing the rest of it to kind of not matter. I think is, I don't know, that's, that's been my sort of journey the last few years of figuring out, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. And no, I like the way you said that. Cause it's also, it gets into the, the, I think binary way that we talk as humans too, where 
it's almost as though we, we start thinking about things that we think matters and we start arguing with ourselves about what we think matters. But then when someone disagrees with us, we think some, for some reason that might invalidate what we think matters. So he ends up like playing these like two extremes of no, this is where religion gets confrontational with people is because they're making this major proclamation oh, yeah. about the universe and what matters. And then when someone says, no, actually, I don't think that matters because that doesn't really matter to me. They get super offended because mm -hmm. this is their truth that they've established for themselves. This mm -hmm. is what matters. And they've added the extra layer to it. This doesn't just matter to me. This should matter to you and everyone mm -hmm. else because it's right and it's the truth and it is what the universe says matters. Mm -hmm. But then that's where you know you get the back and forth between the binaries where there's like nuance in between because this gets into like layers of various types of truth and subjective truth and objective truth and can we know objective truth and all these like layers of information that someone would have to consume to even be able to open a discussion with any random person about that. Mm -hmm. But yet we, even when we have a limited understanding of that, we want to grasp onto something because I, for me, to me, it makes us feel safe to have some sort of establishment like mm -hmm. that. And that's something I've also been fascinated with is that binary way of thinking, because going back to like the little bit of an earlier point, we, we were talking about where some videos might contradict each other. Right. And I know I do this with some of my videos because I get comments about it all the time about, oh, you like contradicted yourself here. It's like, yes, I contradicted myself in a 20 second video uh, where I wasn't able to express my full position because, sorry, I wanted to get some views yeah, on it. And I can't nature, spend the nature of the platform. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's fascinating to me. It's, it's made me realize that it's the nature of trying to oversimplify something you end up contradicting yourself because you can't fully express your thought because you have to move that position towards a binary way of thinking about it, which mm -hmm. is not exactly the most nuanced way of thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and that's what's fascinating to me because to me, that's also kind of what religion does. It makes yeah. this nice, simple package for the way the world works. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't know. I think <laughs> you've had yeah. a similar experience with that as well and the contradiction Definitely. stuff. Yeah, no, it's, and I think, I think we've had relatively similar experiences with religion to a degree. And I think it does come down to, to safety. And I think that's the reason that it's been able to survive for so long is mm. it is safe. And, but it, it's also, you know, based on fear and it doesn't progress us in any way. We hold on to these, you know, truths. And then it's interesting because, you know, my family is still like, I'm not, I grew up Catholic. I'm I'm not anymore, like at all. But I grew up Catholic. You, know, you as well. start, okay, you start, you start having discussions, and you know they say that it's the truth, and they get very worked up when you disagree or have a have a different view. But then you know you get into a long enough debate, or if you watch a debate between you know an atheist versus a Catholic person or just like non-believer versus believer, like eventually for the believer, it comes down and they're like, well, it's faith. Well, it's just faith. And it's like, you can't, it's like their truth, but then it's based on a belief of faith. And yet they want you to have that same faith. And it's just like, it's very interesting how mm. they're, they're so attached to it. And yet they're attached to this belief that they can't even 
you know, necessarily prove in any way. And that's, that's where it always ends up is it's just like, well, it's, it's faith and you got to have it. And it's like, no, no, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't actually. And, and, and don't get me wrong too. It's we all use faith to some extent, mm-hmm. like we all make assumptions about the world, you know, and what we put our faith in is where the calculation comes in. Um, and, and that's what I always find fascinating because there's a lot of people moving away from religion, for example, but still a common theme is, is even if like parents are agnostic, they will sometimes take their kid to church, like their newborn kid or the kid that's like just turning like six or seven or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. They'll start going to church again. It's a common theme. This is coming from the Midwest, which is, it's just super common there because it's the Midwest. Also also from the Midwest. Yeah. Strong religious kind of vibes in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a theme I always notice is where, you know, the parents aren't super into it. They're kind of agnostic. They're kind of believing because it's something they've always done. And then all of a sudden they want their kid to do, to do this thing. And that's, what's always fascinated me because it's, it, I think it goes to like what you said, that idea of faith where, well, they need to, they need to believe in something, you know, mm-hmm. they can't just believe in nothing, Yeah, but it's fascinating where I just wish more people would recognize that faith isn't just a religious thing. Faith mm-hmm. goes into other things. So it's more about mm-hmm. not, not just like, Oh, you got to pick a, a belief system and religions are the ones you pick from. There's so many other belief systems out there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, and there's, there's a lot that aren't rooted in, in fear. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> also, you know, and I actually know totally. everything you're saying. I, I just read uh, the story you posted on your Instagram story with, uh, is it Kendra and Betram? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Betram. I don't even know how to yeah. say the name and I made it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that resonated a lot with me. And yeah, one of the things I actually wrote it down because I want to bring it up. Um, you, you wrote, I do not think people can find truth by mimicking the truth of another. And I've been like toying with that to a degree. I actually just posted a video on TikTok today saying like the idea that, um, that there's no right way to be a person. Mm-hmm. Like there's no like right or wrong way. And because I think similar to religion, it's the same kind of idea that we, we look to everyone else for how we should be and never and not never but rarely look to ourselves. and there is like you know we are parts of the environment equally like Mm -hmm. our environment is influencing us equally to the way that we are influencing our environment so it's inevitable that we will be influenced but it's interesting like the the specific influence even like you know i catch myself if i'm going out with friends like i'll ask them are they wearing pants or shorts and it's like why, why does that, you know, why, why would I ask that? Like I can do whatever I want. Like why? Totally. And it's in, like, I catch myself sometimes like, why the fuck would I care? Like I can just wear whatever I feel comfortable with. I'll check the temperature and see what I, what I want to wear. And and it's interesting that we get tied to this and, and people I think need to find, you know, they feel like they need someone else to find their truth and, you know, religion definitely perpetuates that, but to a degree, it's it's inevitable. I, I don't think we can avoid it, but at the same time, we can at least be a little bit more conscious of it. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I totally totally agree with that because I I've done the same thing, and yeah, it's one of those things where you catch yourself in those moments too, 
of one being like, well, why do I care about this? But the other thing I catch myself too is you, you, for some reason, you just gave me a thought. It's kind, it's kind of related, but I wanted to get your thoughts on this uh, just because kind of going off that whole like mimicking idea where you can't find yourself if you're mimicking someone where it gets into this idea of like how you perceive yourself and how you perceive your persona. And sometimes like in social interactions, this will happen where you kind of, I don't know if you have this experience where like in a friend group and you recognize like you have this kind of persona in this group, but then there's like these other people you hang out with. You have this like other persona and you're always like perceiving yourself. And you're like, wait, am I being, am I being authentic here? And then, then you, then you take that thought and you're like, wait, am I being authentic with myself? Cause like, how do I perceive myself? And then who do I actually think I am? And it's like this constant loop of personas, which makes this whole thing about, about finding your truth to me makes it so difficult because in a way this makes me not accept, but, but sympathize with people that still kind of follow a religious belief system because it's, you kind of start realizing it's hard to create this foundation upon because it's feels so shaky because you don't know what you're actually pulling from. There's just Mm -hmm. so much uncertainty within that within those interactions and within this idea of finding yourself that our generation seems to be obsessed with more than even previous generations. Yeah. 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 It's, it is definitely something that I, and like, even, even with like different friend groups having different and I having like different personas. And I think as I've matured a little bit and even like through content, I feel like it's almost like my persona's, become, I don't know, more unified in a way, maybe because I'm putting myself out there so much that it's like, this is like, this is more so the persona than and like everyone's seeing that persona. So like, that's more my persona now than versus in the past before I was, you know, like putting myself out there so much, it was more fragmented maybe, but it's, it's definitely an interesting thing. And, you know, like just thinking of, I immediately when thinking of like trying to figure out yourself is like Alan Watts, like, can you, can you know yourself, you know, or that be like, you know, trying to taste your own tongue or touch the yeah. tip of your finger with that same finger. Like, is there a way to know yourself and, and, you know, who, who are you that I think we get into that a little bit too. And it's like, who, who are we at our, at our deepest core and, and that balance, I think, between disidentifying from our ego persona as opposed to being lost in it and fully identified mm-hmm. with it. And I think there is a way sort of through that, through the disidentification to a degree can at least help with that because then you're able to observe it. But then I think question at the same time, like questioning if you're being your true self like there is no question, like there is no way to act like your true self. Cause then you're trying to act like someone, but, it, but then totally. it's hard. Cause once you start questioning, like, how do you get out of that? And how do you stop <laughs> questioning and just being, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's yeah. Tough. And that, that's where, that's where it, it's a, it's a, it's a funny experience. Uh, because I've, I've put out stuff too, where, and I, and I know like my listeners will relate to this. Cause some, I, I'm more lean. I would say, nihilistically spiritual Mm -hmm. in a sense 
uh, where, where it is, it gets to this point where, cause I'm not one to believe in like the true self and especially going off of like the self as an illusion, right. Where it's almost like you create this ego persona and it's more about figuring out what you want your ego persona to be. Um, but that's where I, I relate to you, where it's like, you feel like you have this more unified ego self probably is what you were meaning by that. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've had a similar experience, but I've also had a lot of, I would say existential thoughts about that where social media makes this fascinating. So you put out some form of content and it gets millions of views. And all of a sudden you have like this urge to create more just like that. But then you, then for me, at least you start thinking, well, well, is that what I want to, is that what I want to do? Is that Mm -hmm. me? Is that like what I'm actually interested in? Because for me, you know, I've experienced this with Instagram I don't know how much people listening will enjoy talking about social media, but it's interesting, like how it relates to viewing the self, at least for me. Uh, but you put out a video and a lot of my more viral videos are criticizing stuff in the spiritual world, spiritual community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, that's what people know me as then. But really what I'm really interested in is getting people just to question their beliefs and also just questioning toxic behavior. And, and I enjoy disagreement. And I am someone that, you know, I, I'm still into this stuff, but I'm not, I don't really identify with like the spiritual community and the new age stuff. But I'm not, I don't want to be known for that thing because that's what people uh-huh. are creating this sense of me around that when they see my stuff. Oh, that's uh-huh. the guy that does the criticizing spiritual content. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it's just... It's just fascinating because then I'm like, okay, well, maybe I don't want to make videos about this because this is what people perceive me as in, and I have other stuff I like and I'm interested in. And I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if you had a yeah. similar experience with yeah. how that kind of almost attacks your sense of unity of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think just the understanding that everyone has a different perception of you, like literally every mm-hmm. individual person, like you exist. I think uh you follow Iris daily, right? Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, she, she made a video that was like, it was talking about something that I never really thought about before that like literally every human in the universe that you've ever interacted with has a different like perception of you in their mind. Like there is no one you there's, there's, you know, millions or th- tens of thousands, however many people you've ever right. interacted with or have seen you. And it's like a different version of you exists in all of their minds. So like, who is you, like, who is Andrew, who is Brendan besides just an idea. And I don't, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing to delve into for sure. I don't, I don't know. And, but I've, I have dealt with that too, with, with my types of content. I've tried to early on, I, I wanted to sort of make a decision to like, I hesitate in saying like, stay true to myself because, but to the degree to which I can and Mm -hmm. not get to like early on, I did not want, I didn't have a niche early on. I was very much posting a lot of different types of things, just things that I was interested in. And I still do that to a degree. TikTok is definitely, you know, niched down to, you know, what a lot of people probably know me for that types of, I don't know, consciousness, philosophical mental health type stuff. But I also like 
especially on YouTube, I'll post, you know, still post like recipe videos or something or like a vlog. And because I enjoy those things. And I actually had, I was talking to one of my buddies uh, last week and he doesn't post any content. Um, he might listen to this and know exactly who I'm talking about, but um, he was telling me, he was giving me like, pointers for my social media content. And I was like, I appreciated it for sure. Cause he, he watches my content and I really appreciate like any of my friends. Cause like some of them definitely watch a little bit more than others. And he was saying, he was like, you know, like who, who do you want to be? Like, do you want to be Greg Doucette? Who's this like YouTube fitness influencer guy, bodybuilder, or do you want to be, you know, like Eckhart Tolle? I was like, bro, I want to be Andrew Renee. Like, I don't, that's the beauty of it. I don't yeah. have to choose between those two things. I can post both things. I can post a workout video and I can post, you know, something having to do with the present moment. Like there is no, I don't have to live inside of this prison cell, which is what it would become if I made that for myself. And, you know, people say, and a lot of, you know, the TikTok help like creator advice, help people who want to help creators build audiences, they say, you know, like niche, find a niche immediately if you want to, you know, build an audience. But it's like, you know, if you do that and you don't want to, and you're not enjoying it, then what is the point of building it at the end of the day, if you're not staying true to that? So I think, I don't know, just trying to remember that it's, it's more beneficial. I don't know, for me, just like being kind of selfish with it, like not trying to be anything for anyone else, just posting shit. Cause I enjoy posting it and I enjoy creating content. And at the end of the day, that's, it's okay. Yeah. I, I totally relate to that. Cause then, you know, that's something I ran into too, where especially with like algorithms and all that stuff mm-hmm. and, and kind of just like shutting it off of not worrying because, you know, I, I don't do it. I'm not really, I guess this is the question of why we do it. But, <laughs> but you know, part of me does it just because I like getting feedback on the thoughts I have. That's why I'm a big proponent of uh, dis- disagreement. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's why I latched on to kind of criticizing some things that happen in the spiritual communities. Because I think there's a lot of things like toxic positivity there. Where it's like they think mm-hmm. disagreement's like the scary thing. Um, but yeah, that, and that's what I, I, I latched on to, but it is interesting to kind of see the, the, the criticism from that. And also similar experience of like friends telling you, Oh, like you have this following. Is this like a career now? Or is this, yeah. is this like, like how much, do how much money time? are you making? Are you making a lot of money? I'm like, well, it's really hard to sometimes monetize stuff, especially you know, and I always get the comment of like, "Oh, what? like, why don't you become like a like a life coach or something?" It's because it's the prison thing you said talked about. Like me personally, uh, something I relate to, and this is more stuff I get into in my podcast, and I'm starting to play with more on like Instagram. And I know my listeners know this about me, where it's like I'm not really about uh, what's the way to phrase this. I want, <laughs> I, me myself, my life's not in order, right? And and I'm not really into like what habits are going to maximize my potential and w- what to do this to start your business and make money. It's like I'm that I'm not that type of person. I'm a person that likes to see where my feelings go. I like to play in the existential dread a little bit and see what that does for my thoughts and how I can word things and phrase things. 
no one should want me as a life coach because I do not want anyone to follow the things I do because I don't know if I should be doing the things I do. <laughs> but immediately when you're like in the spiritual stuff and you're kind of into the, the mental health stuff too, mm-hmm. and you might have a differing uh, reasoning behind it, but I still think we might relate on this where it's like, I don't immediately want to just start a business from it and, and be a life mm-hmm. coach because that puts me in the box. Because then if yeah. I'm not positive all the time, or at least pretend that my life's in order all the time, all of a sudden that affects my business or that affects mm-hmm. this, this, and this, and I'm not known for this, or people will perceive me this way when I want them to perceive me that way. I don't really know how I want people to perceive me. And I think that's the fun aspect of it is I don't know. And I don't want to know what my desire is exactly for doing social yeah. media stuff and, and putting out content. But yeah. Yeah. I, I resonate with that a lot. I've been going, it's been something that I've been going back and forth with is this idea of like, you know, I built up a bigger following than I ever thought I ever would ever. Like I didn't start Mm -hmm. this to build a following. I didn't start it to make any money. I started it because I knew when I was, I imagined being old and I thought about what I might regret and it was not creating content and not putting myself out there. And the reason I wasn't doing it was because I was afraid of the judgment of people. Mm -hmm. And that was why. And finally, one day I said, fuck it. And I started doing it and I enjoy doing it. And I've tried to stick to that. But now I'm at a point where I do really enjoy creating content. I work, I have a like typical nine to five in digital advertising. Like I don't hate my job by any means. Like I do enjoy it. I really enjoy the people I work with. And I, it's, you know, that security is nice. I get paid every two weeks and it's not, it, it allows me to not have to worry about, like I, I haven't made, I made a little bit of money off of the TikTok creator fund and that's about it. Like haven't done brand stuff. Like I've made $2,000 maybe from social media at the end of it, like maybe 2,500. And I'm at a point where I'm trying to figure out like, what do I, what do I want to do? And Mm -hmm. I've had people reaching out about like, you know, one-on-one stuff. And I think I will start doing that, but it's like, I've talked to some people and they're like, well, you know, kind of the, the good formula for people in in this space is like, have the one-on-one option, you know, have a free course, have a paid course, and that'll allow you to, you know, do work up front, And then that's super scalable. And then you can do the one-on-one stuff too. And as you get better, you can charge more. And it's like, I've had a lot of imposter syndrome, like honestly with this. And I'm like, I'm a fucking 26 year old kid who like, who the fuck am I to talk to someone about like their life? And and I get DM. So it's like, clearly some, like I've had a lot of people reach out asking when I'm going to do it. And I created a form just to put something out there of to like allow people to fill out, like, you know, stuff my content has helped them with stuff they would like out of a one-on-one session and like different price ranges they'd be willing to pay just like to get some data for myself, just to have it out there. I put mm-hmm. that up like two months ago, haven't done anything with it, but I've gotten a decent amount of responses. And it's like, I've been going back and forth a lot and I haven't done any of it yet. I've just left that form out there for people to fill out in my bio. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Cause I, it would be nice to be able to do content full time. And I think there are opportunities and I've talked to some other people about, you know, brand stuff and like, there's money out there to be made. And it's like, I don't want to get spammy. Like I haven't posted any brand stuff, any ads or anything. It's like, 
I don't know. I'm like all over yeah. the place with it. And it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to figure out, but you know, if, if there, I think if there are people out there who gain value or that you have helped and they want to, you know, interact with you one-on-one, it's like, it's, I feel like it's less so having the expectation of changing their lives versus just giving them the space to figure it out themselves. Like, you know, have that conversation. I don't know. I, I'm all yeah. clearly all over the place. With it. <laughs> no, I, I mean, that's also kind of why I wanted to bring you on too, is because you're, a, I would say like a spiritual creator, but you're very grounded. Um, and that, that's something you know I've criticized too, where it's like, you know, um, they, the imposter syndrome, I think is, it's good to an extent. It, it kind of like keeps you okay. Like, am I doing the right thing here? And I've, and I've had the same thing too. Like for, for me, I have, I have like a one-on-one option up. I think I charge like, I don't know, like 50 bucks an hour, but I don't even put that it's for life coaching. It's literally just, I've put in there, like I get DMS of people wanting to have these long conversations with me and I'm just like, okay, join my discord or you can, or you can pay me like $50 to have a one on, cause like, I want to prepare stuff for you. And then this takes time. And it's like, I already put stuff out there. It's like, yeah. if I answer every DM was, and someone that wants to like debate me about something, yeah. I would never be off the internet. No. So and that's kind of why I did it in that regard. But there is something fascinating to me about, cause like, I don't see any problem with people that they want, you know, I don't have a problem with life coaches, for example, or even, Cause I think that is important. Sometimes people just need someone to talk to. They don't want, you know, that it's not like you're saying you're a therapist. It's more of like, Hey, mm-hmm. like, what are your goals and what are you going to do? And there's people with very reasonable rates around that. But then when I get into like, okay, this is because people that often need a life coach are people that are kind of emotionally all over the place. They don't know. Mm-hmm. They also don't know what they're doing with their life. They also are kind of maybe kind of insecure about their beliefs and all of a sudden, those are people, the scummy sales tactics, people take advantage of. And I see so many, and I just recently made something about this so people might know what I'm talking about. But I, what frustrates the hell out of me is when this is getting into the more new age side of things, when they get a following, and I swear they just, some people think, some of these creators think that they just got like this divine message from the universe like divine desire, like, oh, the universe gave me this following because I deserve it. And now that the universe wants me to give everyone advice about stuff. So I let think, me I train think that's you. the size of their ego that you're pointing yeah. at here. <laughs> and then like, let me, let me tell you about how to play with the elements and transform your life. And all you have to do is pay me four payments of $500. And I'm just like, Why? Like, why do you think that's a good idea? Like, is that really, did you put so much time in that you think you should be charging people? Some people charge that per month, like a kind of a a fun little thing that I like to make myself angry. Sometimes (laughs) it's going down the rabbit hole of finding these random creators that have no expertise. They're just as young as like us and charging these absurd, absurd amount of money for these things that that's sure. Maybe they help some people heal, but they're very, very unproven. It's not mm-hmm. like 
they those people should be taking that money and paying like a real therapist, for example, and they probably make way more progress in their life than paying Mm -hmm. some random person that went to Peru and did some drugs and meditated for a week than what they're going to teach them. Because I've also done those substances and (laughs) sure, things feel so profound and that's the Uh purpose of them. Things feel profound. You feel like you've just found something special that doesn't mean that everyone else will think that that thing is special or it will Mm -hmm. help them in any way. That was a little bit of ranty there, but yeah. yeah. No, I, I hear that for sure. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. There's, there's so much of that out there and there are so many manipulative people out there and yeah it's like i i go back and forth because like i do like i would probably right now rather i if i if i quit my job right now i would probably with my social media be able to figure out ways to like make as much money as i'm doing now like in different multiple ways but like Mm -hmm. you know part of me has you know some yeah, like some imposter syndrome, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I think it's the same with like spiritual teachers. It's like, there is no, there is no right answers. You know, there's the answers that work for you, but I think I would, I would be hesitant to promise. Like I see a lot of people with like a lot of confidence out there being like, are you ready to change your life? Like, it's like, (laughs) Oh God. And it's like, I, I, I have this one-on-one, but like, because that's getting too expensive and my time is so valuable. Like I created this, you know, six week program that will change you forever. And it's like, that's great. Like from a confidence aspect, I feel like you want to have a lot of confidence in yourself, but then, which I question with, because early in my life, like I didn't have a lot of self-confidence and I've been able to build that up. So like, you know, maybe it's my inner child or whatever being like telling me that I am not good enough to act like that. But at the same time, there's like the empathetic side. That's like, like pump the brakes here, bro. Like you're a 26 year old kid who makes TikTok videos. Mm -hmm. Like, so Yeah. uh, yeah, it's, it's tough to figure out, but I think, I think there is, I think there is a balance of, you know, not taking advantage of people, but you know, there are a lot of people and I, I'm not, I'm not good at DMS. Like I am very, very bad with DMS. Like I wish that I was better, but I've had some days where I go through and answer a ton. And then it's like, they just pop up, like they all respond. And then it's like, shit, well, then I have the other ones that I didn't respond to and all these new ones. And so like, if there was an option for people to, you know, leapfrog that and, you know, pay money, then it's like, I'm almost doing a, not that like I'm this amazing person to talk to, but like, it's almost like I'm doing a disservice if people want, like want to pay that to talk with whoever one-on-one. It's like, if you're not giving that as an option because of your own, potentially your own insecurities, like that's, that's not as helpful, you know? So it's like, uh, you know, clearly I, I, I'm trying to figure that out. (laughs) No, but yeah. And, and, no, like what you're pointing to, I think it also kind of goes to that persona point where it's almost like you want to have enough confidence, but you also want to have enough humility and finding the balance mm-hmm. of those two. That's honestly, for me, that's like life's mystery. Because uh, <laughs> something, you know, it, it kind of goes into those scummy sales tactics where you see the confidence, 
where you still wonder, and obviously all you can do is wonder because you can't know this. You wonder like what's going on behind the scenes. That's where the whole social media persona thing comes out where people put on this persona. This is why I do like TikToks. I think people's more authentic-ish selves come out a little bit more on TikTok. Instagram is getting better because there's reels and I think people are latching on to what TikTok's been accomplishing. Uh, but still, it, it's it's when people put on this act almost of confidence because there's there's confidence and then there's an act of confidence where you sometimes wonder, you know, are they pretending to themselves because they want people to pay them for this? They want this lifestyle. They want to be able to travel around the world and and do coaching stuff or sell courses or whatever it is related to that. And it gets into this interesting thing of the persona they put on. If that's not really them, whatever that even means, that's a thing you could spend a whole hour on <laughs> but <laughs> if that's not really them then when they give advice it's like okay well they were bullshitting themselves they just fed this other person bullshit and I, I'm, obviously i'm not saying that's what you would be doing uh, definitely yeah. not saying that no, no, no. but I, it's I, still yeah so yeah it's an interesting dilemma that yeah. i've always wondered about too definitely because um, yeah. i even worry about that because uh you know it's like when you put content out uh my big thing is I just want people to question their beliefs, you know, just constantly kind of be questioning that. And even if I'm like annoyingly like that, I think there's not enough of that out there. So I'm just being, well, I want to be that guy that's going to be annoying about that. Mm -hmm. uh, someone that always seems like angry and disagreeing with people. Sure. Fine. But just because I don't think there's like enough healthy disagreement, especially in certain spaces. Uh, mm -hmm. But I still wonder about myself is is you kind of start realizing when people find things that you say persuasive or like you get those nice messages or dms from people and i still think about this where it's like you send them down this kind of thought loop this thought pattern of questioning something a certain way and you wonder okay did i lead them down that way or you know was me leading them down that way was that my own ego talking you know, mm -hmm. what if they didn't need to go down that way? <laughs> and people will always say like, oh, like the, they're going to, they're going to take what resonates with them. Sure. But if that was completely true, we wouldn't have so much fucked up things going on in the world, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that's kind of like, the, I don't know if you know what I mean by that, but I, that's kind of like the dilemma I play with too, is yeah. putting words out there that I have good intentions, but also just hoping people take them the, the way you want them to take them. Uh, cause people can, the subconscious is powerful. That's something I've realized and it Definitely. leads people down weird thought loops. Yeah. yeah. I think I've tried to, to detach from the desire of having people take things the way that I want them to be taken. Like people, and I've posted some stuff about this too. And like a lot of people post stuff about this, but it's like, no matter what you say or what you do, people will love you and hate you for the same exact mm -hmm. thing. So you might as well do whatever the fuck you want to do. Like just put the seeds out there and allow them to be And like, you know, with the subconscious and the impact we have over environment and our environment has over us. It's like, you know, that leads us to like, do we have free will? And yeah. it's like, it depends. I think it's depends on how you look at it. Like if we are nothing but our D a combination of our DNA and our past experiences, you know, if that's everything that's impacted us, then 
we didn't choose our DNA and we didn't choose our parents and our childhood. So how much of it was, has been our choice in everything that we do. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know, but then it's like, is that the best way to think about it? Like, will thinking that you don't have free will, like, is that then not free will to think that you don't have free will? And it's like, is that the best way to think that you don't have free will? Or is that just going to lead to, you know, gloom and depression versus thinking at least having the illusion of free will, like thinking, looking ahead that you have free will of what you want to do. Even if once you look back, you don't, maybe that's a healthier way to live that, that mm-hmm. at least clinging to the thought that, you know, the next thing I do, I just picked up my sparkling water, like to think that I chose that versus every single thing that ever happened led up to this moment and this conversation, which led me to use this in, as an example of lifting up my water. Like, was it a choice or was it not? And it's like, I don't know that it's necessarily the healthiest way to live to think that you don't. And I don't know if there's a ton of benefit always, but at the same time, it does, I think, help with, if you're very judgy of others, it can help, you know, Mm -hmm. realizing that, you know, a lot of it, they grew up in a fucked up household and, you know, they have a ton of drama and subconscious, shitty subconscious programming, like, you know, how much are they to blame for it? But then it's like, their parents maybe went through the same thing and how much are they to blame for it? <laughs> like, when does it end? Oh, I don't totally. know. The, the yeah. endless, the endless cycle of that. And I think the whole, the free will conversation is a good point. Cause it brings up kind of what we were talking about earlier where it, it's where people, people enter, like there's a lot of people entering that discussion, especially nowadays with kind of this self-help movement is what I see. And I, and I see a lot of <laughs> like another rabbit hole to go down is kind of like, oversimplified Instagram messages of talking about that of like, you know, you got to bend your reality to your will and, and, you know, manifesting and, and manifesting really relies on this idea of free will, which I find fascinating. And it's, it's one of those conversations where it's people like want to, they want to look at something, they hear the conversation about free will. They want to either think, okay, is it true or is it false? One or the other, but it's to me, it's somewhere in between. It's a hybrid. You know, it's not that we are completely free. We're never completely free. And I think believing we're completely free actually can give people a lot of anxiety and make them anxious. And when people think they're completely free and they can't get the life they want, then that makes them feel guilty. They feel like they've done something completely wrong. When, and that's where, where this is like the where, very Western version of spirituality I see, because in the West, in the United States, everyone's all about the individual, free will. God given free will, all that stuff. Our constitution is built around the concept of free will that Locke pushed uh, forward. So we, and we, we have this idea of like individual rights and free will, but it focuses so much on the individual where this is where I, I like kind of, I think bringing in a little bit of Nietzsche where it's more of like, you have a will, like you just have a will to do something, mm-hmm. to do things, to to move your life in a certain way. Is that completely free? No, because you're influenced by others. You don't know how your subconscious is influenced. You know, it's kind of like Freud kind of proved to us that we're not completely free. Mm -hmm. Subconscious has a role to play and you can't, you can't completely customize your subconscious. Part of the subconscious is it remains a mystery. That's part of the beauty of it, but that's also okay. Um, 
yeah, kind of rambling off that, but I think that's, that's where I wish the conversations around that stuff would go more towards is seeing the nuance in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you had a similar experience too. Yeah. I think, I think when you bring up the manifesting and free will, it's like, I don't know. I, I question that too, like ultimate free will with manifesting. Cause like, where did the desire to manifest come from? And it's like, mm-hmm. did you choose to manifest? Like what, what thought the thought to think the thought, you know, like where mm-hmm. did it originate? And it's like, if, if manifestation equals free will or proves free will, or these people who think it's like, where did the idea that you wanted to manifest something and what you wanted to manifest? Like if you want to manifest, you know, a BMW, like where did that, that didn't just like come from your own free will. You were clearly influenced by everything around you because if, unless you have, you know, a ton of money, like why would you ever want a BMW? It works exactly the same as, you know, a Honda or something, Mm -hmm. you know, there's it's, it's the influence that everything and everyone in your environment has over you at all times, but you're equally influencing them. And it's like that desire to manifest, maybe, maybe you can, but that process, like, I guess just looking at the source of the desire of whatever you want to manifest and then your desire to manifest it and everything leading up to that, you know, did you choose those things? So like, is there free will in that even, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, and no, that's a really good point too, because kind of going off of that, it, it, it deals with this idea of, of where people think they have pure free will and it kind of pulling it into spirituality again too, uh, where everyone wants to focus on the manifesting individually. But it's like, okay, what about, what about the conversations? And I know a lot of like Eastern traditions and philosophy where people often steal their whole manifesting concepts from and don't give credit. We should probably, I'm going to say that they don't give credit to those Eastern traditions that really influence this idea of manifesting and, and kind of altering your subconscious and creating the reality you want, yada, yada, yada. But Eastern traditions focus on the collective. They focus on this collective will. And when, when I think people focus so much on the individual and this idea of like, oh, you have free will. I hear so many spiritual people talk about you have free will and everything is love. Those two things are the thing I hear the most from a lot of spiritual people. And, it, and it's like, sometimes when you have those two concepts, when you have just, when you take the concept of free will, you're focusing so much on the individual because if you don't accomplish something, it's your fault. You're free, remember? So it means mm-hmm. you're obviously doing something wrong. So it's like, are we going to go around? I'm privileged. I'm a white person living in the US. You're a white person living in the US. Yeah. We are, we're very privileged individuals. And am, am I going to sit here and say, to someone that lives in an underdeveloped country that has a terrible upbringing. They have to worry about getting clean water. They have to worry about food being on the table. Their parents have had to been in this endless cycle for generations now. Am I going to say, oh, you know, if they just meditated some, did some affirmations and they can manifest a, a Lambo, you know, right there. They can just, they can manifest that. No, I'm not going to say that to them because it's it's not true. It, there's there's outside circumstances influencing people's ability to do these things, to do these things. 
There's <laughs> we're we're connected to everyone else's reality. So that's why I, I always that's like where my big criticism of the whole free will conversation, not only philosophically, but in the way spirituality has latched on to the philosophical conversation of free will. Um, that's where my criticism comes is it to me, a lot of the manifesting conversations focuses in on people's individual journeys, but they don't consider the outside influences that can influence someone's individual journey, mm -hmm. such as societal structures and stuff like that on the outside that plays a role on your mm -hmm. inner reality. And mm -hmm. that's, yeah. I don't know if you have a similar agreement or yeah. Yeah. I think, I think people definitely downplay the influence of our environment and like yeah. that we are like, are we really just, you know, are we individuals like walking around or are we literally all, all the same thing? And, and it does definitely. And I think in the U S for sure, it focuses like so much more attention and energy on the individual and, and not nearly enough on those external circumstances. And it's just, it's kind of just like, I guess like those people aren't going to buy their books. So they're not even going to care, you know, like those, yeah. those books that talk about it, like they're not even going to bother having to think. And I'd be curious, you know, someone who talks about those things, who has written, you know, books about it, like what their stance would be on it. But I guess, I don't, I don't know, like in, in the sense of non-duality, like it's, it's all, you know, I don't know, like there, there is all the good and the bad and the bad and the good. And like, you know, we don't necessarily choose our circumstances. So we don't start from the same place and to think that we do. And I guess that ties into what you were saying to think that we do is like a vast, you know, downplaying on, on our environment. And it's, it just, it's not, there has to be balance. Like there has to be balance and nuance to it. And it's unhealthy to think that we are that unique of individuals with our own unique will. Like how, how could you even think that? Like, do you think every single thought that you think, like, where do they originate? Like they originate somewhere. Like what, if you start thinking about something, like what thought started the thought, like what thought the thought, you know? And it's like, it kind of ties into all of that. And the idea that I think religion perpetuates that we are individuals with our own individual free will and soul. And if, you know, we do something good, it's by the grace of God. And if we do something bad, you know, we're a dirty sinner. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I don't know. I, I, that was like all over the place, but I think it's all sort of tied together in that sense. And it comes down to like how much we focus on the individual and just like uh just disregard the environmental aspect of it almost completely sometimes oh yeah that yeah that's my big frustration is, is is like don't get me wrong like i'm not i don't have a problem with people doing affirmations right. i don't have a problem with that at all mm -hmm. it's 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 kind of i think the non-duality thing that you focused on i actually think is a really good point where it's almost as though when you focus too much on your individual journey, 
you're still operating within that duality. You're at one extreme, the individual. And when you're operating at that one extreme, you're not actually evolving in your journey that much. Mm-hmm. You're stationary in this one mode of thinking, this one mm-hmm. narrative you created for yourself, this one idea, which was influenced by other people, which is so fascinating about that is this idea of free will and, and manifesting your reality is it's like, you're literally getting a narrative from someone else about that. You are getting someone else's idea about that. And you're now saying that, no, I chose that. It's like, well, this came from someone else too. Where did they get it from? And it's that, that endless loop of that. Yeah. Uh, completely endless. Yeah. yeah and, it, and it gets, it, that's where it gets a little uh, frustrating where, you know, I like your religion point too, where it's, you know, Christians talk about free will, like God gave you free will. And it's just this fascinating situation where it's like God gave you free will. And that's why you should follow what he has to say, because otherwise you go to hell. He's giving you the choice to choose exactly what he wants you to do, but, but you have the choice. And, and it's just fascinating to see in different areas of life. You see that you see like people listening, you know, that's a contradiction. That's a contradiction in religion. And then you have the contradiction around free will in the manifesting community. It's this obvious contradiction of wait, something's not adding up here because you don't have complete freedom Mm -hmm. of influence Mm then. Um, And yeah, it's, it's kind of that dilemma that I wish more people would be at least less hostile towards because yeah. Some people, they get this idea that you don't have complete free will and that freaks them out, which is another very interesting thing to me of how mm-hmm. scared people are at this idea that you don't have complete free will and yeah. you have a will, but it's like how it's almost like, okay, well, if we just admit to ourselves, we don't have complete free will, what can we do to allow people to execute a will that they seem to think they desire to the best of their abilities? Mm-hmm. And I think that would be an interesting route for people to consider more. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think we talked about, there's like the two extremes of it, like the no free will and the complete free will. And I don't think necessarily it's, it's either it's a balance of, yeah. of the individual and their environment, you know, the, the observer and the observed and, and, uh, you know, people start going down the rabbit hole of thinking they have no free will. And it's like, all of a sudden they think like someone else is going to like start moving their arm. And it's like, you know, we don't like, you're still, you still have that, but like, you know what, it's more so like what caused me to use my right arm for this, you know, example of free will. It's like, did I choose to use my right arm or is that what was always going to be? And then, you know, complete free will, I think is if you had, if I had to choose versus like having the mindset of no free will versus complete free will, I think I would lean towards complete free will, but then to remember that it's not fully the influence of the environment as well. And everything like that, because I think people can go into a dark rabbit hole on both sides, thinking that if they have complete free will, and like you were saying, they aren't able to accomplish what they want, or, you know, they have complete free will, you know, over their thoughts and they have a ton of intrusive thoughts and and think really negative things about themselves. And it's like, well, shit, you know, I have free will and now I'm 
you know, feeling really anxious. Why am I feeling anxious? I shouldn't feel anxious because I have free will. And now I'm feeling anxious about getting anxious about getting anxious. About getting anxious. And then it's like, totally. and then the other side is the same. And it's like, no, there is a give and take here. And it's like, you don't necessarily have full, like your subconscious will thoughts will appear in consciousness that you become aware of. They weren't your choice, but then you're able to observe them. And is it your choice if you decide to observe them versus getting caught up in them? Like that's up for debate too. But I think the realization that, that it's, there is the give and take and there is the balance is always just I don't know the the best place to be, but then it's like I don't know who am I to say what the best place? It's the best place for that I've found to be. Right. I, guess. I, I try to I try to stay stay in that realms. Like with my content, I just like I just try and share things that help me. So like you know, at the end of the day, I'm grateful that I deal with you know getting nervous and feeling anxious and worried because I work through it. Sometimes it takes an hour, sometimes it takes a few days, sometimes it takes a week, and then I'm able to share it. And it's like I don't I try not to have expectations of it helping other people, but you know, how could we ever express something outside of our own experience? You know, our own experience, our human experience is the only thing we have as sort of like this individual meat suit. So like, how could we experience anything outside of, of that or express anything outside of our own experience and everyone's different. So it's like, that's all you can really do at the end of the day, I guess. Totally. Yeah. That's yeah. It it raises an interesting point where, you, you know, for you, it almost seems like you're having a debate with yourself of what is true. And then also what is useful which is kind of an, an interesting thing as well. Cause it's like, I do notice that with not only the free will conversation, but I would, I think this also kind of relates to this whole idea of toxic positivity where you kind of see individuals and you're wondering if they're making the decision to lean into that side of things because they think that's what's, that's, what's helpful for them. Um, but it raises the question of, okay, should we value something because we perceive it as keeping us sane in life, keeping us at peace, helping us heal, whatever it is, helping us make sense of the world? Or are we going after something that is true? Or at least, you know, what, you know, what is true, but what we perceive as true. And that's something I've kind of, I don't want to say changed on, but moved towards is this another thing relating it to religion is you know, for me, I think Christianity is not true. You know, it's, there's the, their, their idea of one God and Jesus Christ being the, the son of the father and, and all, you know, that, that, that doesn't fit for me the way I think the world works. And I don't think they have a good argument for that. I don't think they have a good logical argument, yada, 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 but is it useful for people? Sure. To, to an extent, and it, it like raises this question of this kind of whole space of healing and finding truth and trying to understand the way you work and how way other people work and how you relate to people and how yourself relates to people is how much do we push people to go after the truth, knowing that we can't actually know the truth, but just go after it anyway, mm-hmm. or stuff that just makes you makes you feel good, makes you feel 
sane and safe and feel like you're making sense of the world. And then when you do that, when you find that, that little sweet spot, you perceive it as you just kind of stop like, no, this is, this is what's true. I've talked to so many religious people and they almost, you can almost get them to a point to admit that thing. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I just don't want, I don't want to question anymore. I'm, I'm done with it. I don't want to do that. I'm over it. I don't know if you've had a similar experience or you see how that relates to your point. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's like, you know, I think with, when it comes to religion, it's like, and I think you have this written in your story, I think maybe, or maybe it was, it was somewhere else, but the idea that like you hold on, you know, you, you do the bare minimum to get to heaven and it's like, oh, eventually, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you're, you're like, eventually you get to a point that, you know, you're not going to church every Sunday, but you're going Easter and Christmas. And it's like, I, I, my family still goes, so like I'll still go. And admittedly, I actually enjoy like when I do go maybe like once or twice a year, mm-hmm. not Eastern Christmas. Cause it's the same exact thing every year. And like, I've heard it 26 times now, <laughs> but like, if I go to a random one, I actually enjoy it more than I ever did growing up. Now that I'm like not religious at all, like sitting mm-hmm. there and I'm actually like present in the, yeah. you know, readings and like the exactly homily and the stories and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, that actually makes sense. It's definitely not the way that a lot of people are taking this. I, I don't think people are are grasping this necessarily, but I I get, you know, more so understand what's being said. And I can tie it to like other things that I've learned outside of, you know, not necessarily outside of religion, but outside of Catholicism, maybe in like, you know, Buddhism or, or some other spiritual realm. And I'm, I actually enjoy it more but i think with you know a lot of religious people it is that sweet spot of like you know who's it hurting you know who's it hurting for me to believe this you know it's always what's been and it's like some people just don't want to question things and they're okay with you know things kind of being the way they are and i don't think that's necessarily a way to progress i don't think either of us necessarily fit into that category Mm -hmm. like i'm constantly questioning things. And I know you certainly are as well, but it's as some people are, are okay with, with, you know, sort of being in that matrix and staying where they are. And and that, you know, it, it works for some people. And who am I to say, like, I've kind of questioned that as well as like, is one better than the other? If you're in it, you know, if you're sort of in that sort of situation, haven't questioned anything in your entire life and are fully in it and you're, you know, happy, like, is that worse than someone who is not in it, has questioned everything, has like gotten out of it and doesn't agree with it. And, you know, is also happy, like not, I don't mean to say happy, but, you know, like at peace, at whatever you want to say, like for the most part, enjoying their life in, you know, more than 50% of the time. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's better. I don't know if anything's true. I don't know if there are any answers, but I enjoy talking about it. I enjoy Mm -hmm. questioning it. So that's what works for me. Definitely doesn't work for everyone. I totally relate on that sweet spot because I question for myself where I have my more nihilistic leanings and all this stuff. And it's kind of going back to that earlier point of why I wouldn't want to be a life coach for anyone. Cause I don't want to 
to necessarily say people should think about some of the stuff as much as I enjoy doing it. Um, but also, yeah, there, there's the, the other, the other extreme where it's like, they kind of taken the beliefs that they were given when they were born, the, the values and virtues from the religion, all this stuff. And not, you know, they, they maybe they, they'll, they'll say they've evaluated them, but you know, if you push them hard enough, you can kind of get them to admit that eh, maybe they didn't so much. Mm-hmm. And they kind of just, they just want to believe it and they don't want to worry about it. But then you kind of see where those beliefs have consequences. Beliefs affect other people. And I think that's like the biggest dilemma I've had is, you know, taking a peaceful person that is in an established religion, an established religion that has a lot of toxic and, and problematic beliefs like homophobia, for example, um, you know, I live in Utah, for example, and, uh, BYU, which is the Mormon college. I don't know if you know about mm-hmm. the Mormons that here in Utah, Oh yeah, just, yep. just gave a speech where he correlated needing to use muskets to fight against the LGBTQ, uh, agenda and his belief system, his religious belief system that he wants other people to believe and force other people to stay in and guilt people in, to stay in is having him have that belief is making him think he's righteous in that belief and yeah. he's making him vote a certain way, talk to people a certain way, treat people a certain way. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, no, we, we do need to combat some beliefs. We do need to say, no, you're wrong. Like you are wrong. This is harmful to people Like you can believe what you want, but you can believe what you want to an extent. Uh, and, and that's where the, the dilemma comes in. Cause you're right. Cause it's like, okay, you know, how, who's worth my time to question this stuff on who, who's worth it to, to, to push back on. Um, maybe that person is more at peace and if you take them away. They're going to, they, people do, they like when people lose their faith in religion, some people get like depressed and it's, if I was the one that caused their depression or had a big influence in that, that would fuck with me a little bit. Right. So it's like this strange dilemma and taking it away from like religion. And you made me think of this story I experienced this weekend. I went to this concert and um, going back to my, my friend's house, we were, we, we took a, took an Uber. So we had an Uber driver and um, we were having a conversation with the Uber driver. And it's just like this kind of older man. He was, I think he was like a an ex cop or still a cop, but he, he was wanted to be, he wanted like his, you're kind we were like asking him about like what he wanted to do with his, like, what, to, what's his dream life like? And part of him, you know, you could see like the dilemma. He was going back and forth. Part of him wants to go up to like Idaho and, and just like own this like ranch and just chill up there with his dogs. But the other part of him really wanted to, to create this task force um, and, and he, he had this like idea of like how to, to train these dogs and create this hybrid of a dog that would be perfect for this police task force. And he basically wanted to go out after drug users. And it was just so fascinating to me is this, this man, there's no ill intent behind him. He, he has no idea what he, how, in my opinion, how fucked up what he was talking about. He wanted yeah. to make this task force to basically ruin my life. Someone that explores various substances at times he want he would want to destroy my life and he here's this he just wants to find peace in life his belief system this is what he found to be a way to find peace in life was to be able to do this every day 
because he thinks he would be helping someone like me by throwing me in prison, for example. He thought that would be helpful. And it was just this fascinating dilemma I was like facing. I was like, oh my gosh, like this guy has no ill intent purposely, but he thinks he's saving the world if he was able to do this. But his beliefs caused this. His, in my opinion, because you could kind of tell, like his lack of reflection upon those beliefs were causing this to happen and causing this desire. And yeah, just kind of relating that to the religious one. So I'm not just, just hating on religion. It's, it happens in other areas of life that still also concern me as well. But yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I mean, you take any belief system and I think part of it is like, I'm not surrounded by like my family is, is Catholic still, but they're very much, you know, nominally Catholic. They're not extreme my in, parents, any, yeah. in any way. So it's like, I'm not necessarily surrounded by that, but if you take, you know, those beliefs to extremes, they are extremely harmful. And, and it's, it's interesting, especially with the BYU one, it's like, <laughs> it's like comparable to, you know, or like the it's a stone that's like harmful on others in a sense of like like that it doesn't need to be and it's all man-made like mm. it's all man-made and that's what they that's the difficulty is like they think that it's not they think mm. that it's you know divine grace that they're following and they believe it with their whole entire being like they couldn't even it's like us, we can't, you know, we're three-dimensional beings existing in a four-dimensional universe. And like, we couldn't even comprehend five dimension, like five-dimensional existence. Like it's almost, maybe it is exactly like that. Like they're within that and they can't even comprehend being outside of it. Like being outside of the way that they grew up and outside of their belief system is like existing in a five-dimensional universe. And, and it's like, how do you even like how do you even get through? I, I like, it seems not to say that there's no reason to try by any means. Like there certainly is, but just taking a practical approach, like someone who is so, and not everyone is so, you know, deep in those beliefs for sure. Right. There's like tons of do leave, Right. Yeah, exactly. But those who are, it's like, I don't know. I feel like they're kind of like dying off now for the most part, those who are super extreme, um, it's, it's not, you know, our generations, younger generations are less inclined to follow these belief systems. It seems like, but there's definitely still a lot of people out there, but it's, it is pretty crazy how much a belief system can impact, completely impact your view of the world and what you believe wholeheartedly with every atom of your being. Like, it's just it's wild and it's unfortunate in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. It that's, yeah, that's like, (laughs) that's kind of like a good ending segue because that's a big motivation on my part is finding the sweet spot of that of like, okay, what beliefs should we be questioning? What individuals want their beliefs questioned and who is worth the time? Cause you're, you're totally right. Like for example, the dude, the dude that made uh, the comments at BYU, let's say I was able to sit down with him one-on-one. 
there's there is no point of me bringing up anything I just said to you of like how fucked up what he said was because that first of all he's old he's like a leading person in the Mormon Church it's like you're that person is never going to change their beliefs they're mm-hmm. so ingrained their identity is so attached to that belief system they probably would go crazy if you detach them from that I, I believe that <laughs> like yeah. so those people you know it's not worth your time it's like you maybe you do the best you can to uh decrease their power because he's, he's a powerful individual in in that church you know do the best you can in that regard you're not going to change that one person's belief system um but yeah it's a sweet spot of you know putting stuff out there that gets people to question their beliefs uh, and and the people that want their beliefs question because i'm also not one to just randomly start questioning people's essentially to some extent you're questioning their identity if yeah. you if you ask about certain beliefs and try to corner them about certain beliefs, especially around religion, that gets a, like a hot topic. And politics is another one that has kind of entered this space. Um, the vaccine conversation has entered this space. Uh, another fascinating one conversation for another day is, is around that and the spiritual beliefs, the spiritual communities beliefs around that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fascinating and probably will continue to have a dilemma with myself about it. <laughs> For sure. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it is, it is about identity and I don't know if it's, it's necessarily great to have no identity, but I think kind of similar to our conversation mm-hmm. about free will, like thinking you have full free will and thinking you have no free will versus full identification and no identification. You know, I think it's, it's somewhere in between with the identifications you've built up, like, and just kind of being aware that they're there and being aware that they've been, you have been influenced by things that you now identify with. You didn't choose those things, you know, like majority of people who are in a certain religion, they're born into it. Like, I don't know, it's gotta be like 95, 99%. Like if you were laid out on a table, like these are all the belief systems, like pick one, like what are the odds that someone's going to pick the one that they they were born into. Uh, so I think, I think there's yeah. a level that it's just healthy to, to realize that, you know, you didn't choose a lot of those identifications and they aren't, they don't define you and it's okay to change your mind sometimes, yeah. you know, it's okay and, to be wrong. Is I think the big thing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That, that is like, that's like a foundational, it seems so simple and so obvious that we need to be more willing to be wrong, but that is something, you know, that I've gotten a lot better about over the past few years. Cause you know, for me, my, my political opinions have changed a lot over the past, I would say six years, mm-hmm. but that, that one, like I, you know, I was a political science major. So a foundational identity I created for myself was around politics and my political beliefs. And it was realizing I was doing that. And I was realizing I was making all of these like leaps and these justifications for defending my belief system. And I was like, wait, I'm being a jackass around this. Like, I actually don't know. Like, I am actually not sure that my beliefs are good ones or the best ones. Or it was like more of like this honesty to myself. And then, and then it kind of just spilled over into everything else. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> like I could be, could be wrong about that too. Cause I probably haven't studied that enough. And it was just that spiral effect. But I found it to be extremely helpful 
Um, and yeah, just admitting when you're wrong. Like I, I started admitting to people that were like my quote unquote, like political friends. I was like, yeah, I, I think I'm wrong on that. And I'm willing to say if like, I think you're wrong now too, a little bit, or like, I don't know what I'm right about, but I know that we're not getting, you're not taking in the full picture. Maybe mm-hmm. is the best way to say it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Just- I, I think that being okay with being wrong and questioning whether everything you believe is true. Like we could just, if everyone could just take a little bit of that in, in America, oh, right yeah. now, we could just, we could maybe, we could maybe salvage things a bit. Yeah. But it is. Cause it is, you know, we've been talking about the polarity of things and, you know, America right now is, is a great example of it, yeah. I think. And, you know, we've just gotten further and further apart and hopefully soon, you know, we can start coming back to some yeah. understandings that, you know, both sides have got some things right, got some things wrong, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Totally. But I, I just want to get to a point where, uh, especially in politics, politics, I think this is kind of gets easy, but some like crazy thing happens. And I guess the coronavirus is the example and the vaccine coming out. It's almost like you could start predicting where each group and the big figures within those groups, you knew exactly what their position was going to mm-hmm. be. It's like before yeah. there's any information out, before anything mm-hmm. was, any evidence was out there, you just knew, you could just start seeing where people were going to go, what position mm-hmm. they were going to take. Yeah. And it's it's fascinating how much that just kind of shows the beliefs formed the narrative. Mm-hmm. And they don't acknowledge what maybe the narrative was or is. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. about, okay, how does it, how does, how can I make this narrative that I perceive fit my beliefs? And mm-hmm. that's what really matters to them is how, how can I make this thing fit my beliefs? Not yeah. that what is, what is actually happening? What is, mm-hmm. and that's a, yeah. Conversation yeah. for another day. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Maybe we could use a little bit more individuality in that rem realm, as opposed to, you know, the herd oh, yeah. mentality with everything is like, you know, these 10 things are on, you know, this side, these 10 things are on this side. And if you don't believe all of them to be true, you know, like you're, Mm -hmm. you're a liar, like you're lying to yourself. I guess you do. It's like, well, maybe, maybe, you know, six of the things on one side are good and four of the things on the other are good. I don't know. Like having some level of open-mindedness and yeah, just being questioning and being okay with being wrong, I think is, is very healthy. Yeah, totally. But yeah, I don't know if you want to give, uh, let's do your, you know, give your, your social media and, and where to find you pitch. Oh, and I can post sure. like any link below. I'll also, I also like do an intro before um, okay, yeah. for you. Like you'll just send me something and I'll read it off and stuff. All right. Appreciate it, Brendan. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Renane and find me on TikTok at Andrew underscore Renane, all lowercase Instagram, a dot Renane, all lowercase and YouTube, just Andrew Renane, just my name. And then podcast is the Andrew Renane podcast. So that's cool. That's about it. <laughs> and, well, uh, it's, it's a fun combo. Yeah, it was. I really enjoyed this. I think we yeah. touched on a lot. Yeah, I'd love to have you on my podcast oh, sometime I will, soon. I will totally do it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, everyone, that concludes this episode and this conversation. As always, I appreciate all your support and all the kind words everyone sends me. Um, and yeah, also send me guest suggestions. I'll try to get people on. I'm hoping to use my social media validation stuff to get new guests that might be more apt to come and talk to me. So yeah, send me those suggestions. But as always, I appreciate you all for listening. And it's time for you to get the fuck out my labyrinth.